Fit for Life Radio, episode number 144. Gary here. Will. And this week we have a special guest, so you won't be bored with us. We have Mr. Jason Wood here. Hey, nice to meet you guys, yeah. And Jason is, uh, he, he lives here in the area in coastal Virginia, and you are a veteran, right? Yep, yep. What branch? Uh, Army. I spent seven years in the Army, did Army. Uh, three years in Iraq. Nice. Out of the seven, yep. And then also kind of, uh, I'm sure through experiences of that that we'll get into, but kind of help advocating for like men's mental health is a big passion of yours. Oh, definitely, yep. Yeah. yeah that's something that I'm is really on my heart, especially after some of the things I've been through in life and then uh, just experiences that I've had with others uh, as I've kind of moved through uh, life in the military and then life in the civilian world. So, yeah, it's definitely a big passion, and I like to use kind of my platform to, to raise awareness. Nice. And you also dad father yep yep she's seven okay <laughs> and uh she'll be eight next month and and so uh live, loving that girl dad life so yeah, yeah. and do, do you identify as a dad as a daddy as a zaddy <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> i think there's all three very different things <laughs> uh, i've been called all three okay. different, <laughs> different there we go. Th- yeah there we go. exactly different things <laughs> oh man he could be all three of them you know what i mean you don't have to pick yeah. one there's a time yeah. and place oh right? shit all right yeah so i mean Obviously, uh, fitness podcast here and what, you know, knowing you and seeing uh, online and also seeing you, I've seen you around the neighborhood running, you know, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, man, I, sh- I should go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I thought it'd be fun and interesting to dig into kind of, you know, y- your history with fitness, the role it's played in your life, you know, because a lot of times, you know, people who look into getting to fitness or they struggle with motivation, um, you know, they build build it up in their head that it's like this like thing they they need to do for this moment in time. But the reality is, for a lifetime, you know, it almost be, needs to become like brushing your teeth. So yep. yeah, just be interested to share like where that's where it started, fitness yeah. and the role it plays in your life, and maybe also too like how yeah, or maybe you are always motivated, but yeah, how how that looks for you, and then over the years and decades and and everything. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. so yeah, start with. Uh, if you want, or earlier before we came on, we were talking, and listeners from all over, this is kind of how we can identify the areas. Uh, Jason went to Bethel High, famous alum, Allen Iverson, yep. Michael Vick during that time frame. So you can you can age him that way, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. By your local sports I, heroes. Yeah, I'm definitely in my 40s. <laughs> yeah. But um, did you or did you play sports back in the day? Or, yeah. or you know, where, where are you at with all that? Yeah, so I, I grew up playing sports uh my parents you know had me as teenagers they, you know they were 17 and 19 when they had me my dad was a big athlete you know he was most athletic at Bethel High School mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff and then after they had me you know obviously life changed for them a little bit um so they immediately started working and you know my dad was working two jobs and stuff like that but he was always kind of the coach too mm-hmm. always the guy taking me to practices coaching the teams all that fun stuff so I grew up playing baseball and football primarily nice. And then uh, when I got to high school, I was still playing baseball and football. But then I think it was my junior, sophomore, junior year time frame, football was showing a little bit more interest with scholarships and things like that. And, I mean, just playing in the area, if you uh, go out there and, and you, you have any kind of athleticism, you're playing against, you know, the Michael Vicks of the world mm-hmm. and stuff like that, other colleges will start to notice. Yeah. And so uh, I got a scholarship to a small school out in Kentucky called the University of Cumberland's uh, to play football out there. And um, – like I said, my parents were teenagers, so they mm-hmm. didn't save up for college. So I only got a partial, yeah. and so I had to pay for another part of the school, which mm-hmm. was the room and board, and tuition. You got room and board and tuition and all that stuff. So 
went to my guidance counselor said, hey, how do I, uh, how do I pay for this other half? Yeah. And I could do the loans or I could have done uh, ROTC scholarship, mm-hmm. which at the time, uh, this was 1999, 2000. Yeah. So and ROTC, what, what does that stand for again? Reserve Officer Training okay. Corps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, a, it's another scholarship that's available that basically committed me to, after I graduated, uh, I got a four-year scholarship. So it committed me four years act, active duty as an officer in the United States Army. And then four years of what's called independent ready reserve, where I call it the black cloud, where mm-hmm. you're out, but you're not. But really, you're not fully you're out. You're not fully <laughs> out. Like, that, yeah. and then during the time, obviously, I got I was in like that black cloud was always over there because we were in Afghanistan, yeah. and Iraq. So, so yeah, so I uh, ended up taking that scholarship in in '99, graduated in 2000, and uh, high school in 2000, and then went to college. My freshman year was great. ROTC was mm-hmm. doing my thing and playing football, all that stuff. And then sophomore year, 9/11 happens. Yeah, and uh, life changes a lot for what my postgraduate career was going to look like. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, after that, you know, the real focus in the military, obviously, one of the focuses is uh, physical fitness, and mm-hmm. so uh, I kind of, you know, prided myself on being a PT stud, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and doing, you know, the two mile run in like sub, you know, twelve minutes and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, so I always had that physical fitness background. I yeah, always yeah. enjoyed it. Um, and and then there became a time after I got out of the military where I will say motivation was lacking. I completely kind of stopped mm-hmm. and everything after the military time. And then because um, one thing, too, probably with sports and military is fitness is like an ends to a mean with those sometimes. So I think a lot of times and they also can be a f- almost a form of punishment. Right. So you're probably like, oh, I'm done with this stuff. I'm not working out either. Right. And, and or yeah. it's hard to find that new kind of. Yeah. S- Source. And you lack the structure, right? With yes. sports, it's like yeah. yes. you're being told what to do. The military, you're essentially being told yes, what to do. Exactly. And then you get out and you're like, no one's telling me what yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it, like, so that's a big thing for just veterans in general, I feel like, is, you you know, you take an 18-year-old kid out of high school who goes into the military immediately, and they have some form of structure for, you know, however mm-hmm. long they're in. Yeah. And then they get out, and then one of the big things is, there's no structure so mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. And, and now I'm, I've gone from being an 18 year old to now fast forward, you know, however yeah. many years and you're 30 now and you're sitting there having the mirror moment where you're like, well, who am I yeah. besides yeah. a soldier? You're having an identity crisis. And so that's a, that's another big thing with like veteran mental health and everything. Just moving into the civilian world is yeah like what do i do yeah yeah exactly so it it, and and i think you see the thing with physical fitness a lot is you know people will be pt studs in the military and be able to do you know amazing physical things and then Mm -hmm. they get out and you know you see them five years later it's like oh wow you're a completely different yeah (laughs) yeah we see that with people that you know play have played sports for a long time they're like high level college athletes and they get out and they just stop completely you know and it may be because they've been told for so long like and the pressure was so high like hey you have to do this that they got out and they're like man i'm not doing this anymore period yeah i I, so i talked to uh, i talked to my brother coaches uh, he's a defensive coordinator at the university of richmond oh Uh, dope so yeah so uh me and him have some fun conversations but i got a chance to talk to one of the guys who was an alumni there who played professionally and uh, he got, I mean, it was the same thing with like pro athletes. You get out, you, you, you retire after five, 10 years. And again, you're now, you're, you don't have the structure anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you, but you're a professional athlete. Like your, your whole livelihood was built around 
you know, nutrition and, yeah. and, and working out. And performance, man. Performance. And, and then you get out and, like, you see them, like, a couple years later and you're like, you played in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. It's so, yeah, crazy. It's crazy. What position did you play in college? And so, yeah, so I, I, I actually played quarterback in high mm-hmm. school. And then uh, when I got to college, they transitioned me over to safety. I played a little mm-hmm. bit of safety in high school, too. Yeah. And then uh, between my freshman and sophomore year, um, a lot of issues with wide receivers in the wide receiver room with, yeah. you know, drugs and fun stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> we were we were lacking receivers. And so they asked me spring, you got, spring football. You got plugged in. Yeah. Spring football, hey, you want to go play wide receiver? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I went over and I, I loved it. it the, the big thing, though, was we played in a, in an old-school Nebraska-style offense mm-hmm. where it was option, option, yeah. option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not getting so, any looks. Yeah, so yeah. 10 catches a season was huge. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. That was like the equivalent yeah. of 100. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. I, I enjoyed my college experience. Yeah. So I know now and also maybe before – 2020 and all that COVID stuff you were were you doing a lot of the um not adventure races but like obstacle course races like Spartans and stuff yeah yeah Uh, so an interesting story there so um I like I said I I I got out of the military in 2011 9-11-2011 is actually the day I got out that was my ETS date and so it's a 10-year anniversary of 9-11 and um and then like the next month I met my the mother of my child um, and then we dated for a while, got married, had my daughter, and I was really struggling uh, mentally myself during that time after I got out. And, um, and it showed uh, both mentally and physically. I was, again, out of shape. I was probably 50 pounds heavier than I mm-hmm. am right now and not the good, you know, Chris Bumstead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was that kind of stuff for me, and uh, I was really struggling. And uh, it got to a point where me and my ex uh, finally, you know, split and went our separate ways and uh and i kind of had a really rough time with that i i remember when it happened i kind of hit the rock bottom and i uh i remember having like you know it was i was in a room at a day's end like after we split and i left the house and i remember giving suicide like a Mm -hmm. legit thought and uh i had a plan i had everything i needed uh, to do it and fortunately i didn't do it um you know thoughts of my daughter you know, entered my head and life without life without her father mm-hmm. and all those kind of things drove me not to, to, to do it. And then showed up at my mom and dad's house kind of next day. We started, you know, I immediately went and found help um, with a therapist and started talking through that and started setting mini goals mentally. So I was doing a lot of mental kind of rehab. But then I had a like, mirror moment where I looked at myself in the mirror after taking a shower one day and I was like, what happened to me? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I, you know, I remember playing with my daughter on the floor and I'd get up and be out of breath. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I got to do something. I got to get back. Um, and so uh, talk about fate. I got on, you know, I'm, gr- I'm a big Groupon junkie. If I can yep. find a deal, I'm going to find a deal. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I signed up for, I got on Groupon one day and, and I saw a Spartan race mm-hmm. for like, you know, 50% off or whatever it was. And it was out at Bryce. Sold. <laughs> yeah. I was at a Bryce resort in Virginia so I was like, oh, I did obstacle courses when I was in the military. And, you know, I remember being able to run two miles under 12 minutes. <laughs> um, and then so I signed up for, you know, that. And then uh, I signed up for the gym membership like the next day over One Life, One Life. Fitness. Mm-hmm. And um, I got on the treadmill for the first time. And I swear to you, man, it was like a 15 minute one mile yep. and I was like I was like ooh this is bad yeah. <laughs> and uh, should have walked it yeah, yeah. No, I, I was doing a walk run yeah. kind of thing like it was it was bad like yeah. I, I had to like jump off like I do the do the split thing uh-huh. you let the let it roll let it roll go for a little bit 
Um, I, it was just rough. And um, so I went out to Bryce Resort and I did the race. It was a six-mile Spartan race, you know, hilly up there in the mountain area. Not as, not as bad as Wintergreen, but um, I remember, like, specifically, you know, there's about 25 obstacles they have, but I remember specifically getting to the bucket carry, where it's like a 40-pound bucket that you got to carry for, like, a mm-hmm. quarter mile or less than Oof. a quarter mile. <laughs> and um, and I, I set that thing down, like, 50 times it was a it was a bunch and i remember sitting on the bucket at one point just like what am i doing with my life and uh managed to finish managed to finish the race and i just remember falling in love with it at that point and then saying to myself i can do better like i and then i think i started signing up for more and more races and that was giving me those mini goals to train for and over time that 50 pounds got shed away and and uh i became yeah. pretty good at it and uh i was be able to compete not only just in the open division where that first race i was like a top 1000 <laughs> uh to where at the end of the year that year in 2017 i was you know top 20 in the elite races yeah so um so it was nice it was a good it was good to move forward in, in the physical aspect but also still seeing the therapist and working on myself mentally um uh, was was really helping and, every, and everything was it was nice because the physical and the mental are so interconnected. Mm-hmm. They really are. It's it was it was the the amount of growth that I was seeing in myself over that time and over the next couple of years after was was really eye opening to me and the work I was doing on myself. Yeah, I think it's important too. You know, a lot of times people always say like the gym is therapy, right? No, it's <laughs> the gym's it's not, not therapy. Man. <laughs> but but the gym like in f- fitness is an outlet in our body. There's the energy that our body needs to get out, right? So it's like. I think completes, you know, to our circuitry to make it have a uh, better opportunity. But the gym should not be therapy, right? Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. you have to have this separate a, a therapy. Real, therapy. Yeah, real therapy yeah, yeah, ha- yeah. has its own separate benefits, right? But exactly. um, having, you know, that outlet um, goes a long, a long ways, right? And as yes. as you see, I'm sure looking back, uh, you know, and also so people know. Uh, you're you're a pretty like big guy, so like running yeah. running at those clips, and so between your the blend of strength, conditioning, mental fortitude from sports like football and the military, uh, the Spartan racing really is almost like, you know, like kind of made for you, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was a kind of a culmination of everything, and and it was great for those couple years. And then COVID happened. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and everybody's legs got cut out from under them. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so kind of over the, the years, so from sport to then, you know, struggling to find yourself and then getting into kind of sport again. And, and then now here we are, um, what what role does kind of your your exercise play? I assume too, you're probably like uh, us where when you start exercising, it's easier to eat better, you know, cause they, you see the connection of like, oh, I perform better and yeah. things like that. But yeah, kind of wh- what role does it all play uh, in your life now and for you? I mean, it's a, it's a huge part of my life. I mean, I, I you know, I think it, it has allowed me to do more with my body and do things that I've always wanted to do. Um, so I over after the Spartan races all happened and and, and it kind of the, that era of mm-hmm. m- me doing those races, COVID happened and last the, you know the only thing that really left to do with the gyms closed was either do kind of functional fitness with your body in, in the front yard, or you uh, or you go out and run. And so I just started running. I, I mean, that sounds very gumpish. Of me, <laughs> I was going to say, but, uh, I just didn't I just started running. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think uh, March of that year, I think, I forget, it was like 2020 maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. March 2020, I, uh, I decided Memorial Day weekend that I was going to do 
a one mile on Saturday as fast as I could, just to challenge myself, mm-hmm. a one mile time as fast as I could, just to challenge myself. Uh, the next Sunday I was going to do a 50 K. So just so I want to see, you know, how far I can run. Mm-hmm. Like that would be, that would have been the farthest I've ever run. And then I was going to do Murph on, on Monday. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, just loaded weekend, uh, man. Yeah. So I, I, it was Memorial Day weekend. I was like, let's do it. Let's go, let's go all in. So I, I Saturday I ended up running a four minute, 58 second mile. So that was my fastest time <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd ever Woo! run a mile in. And then the next day I did a 50 K in four hours, 30 minutes. And uh, I forget what pace that is. What is a 50K mile? 50K is what? 30 miles. It was 30 miles, roughly. It it ranges. Mm -hmm. The official 50K is like 31 point whatever miles. Uh, but I ran that in like four hours, 30 minutes. And then I came back the next day and did Murph. And I was, that Murph time did not go well. But uh, (laughs) at four hours, 30 minutes, you could have watched Forrest Gump. Basically, it's like, go go run a 50K or watch a movie. So I was probably watching Forrest Gump while you were running. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that. That uh, that was actually that weekend. The when I posted on Instagram the time for the the thirty miles, the mm-hmm. four hours thirty minutes. I had some friends that were in the ultra running community mm-hmm. say, "Hey, that's not a that's not a bad time, man. Like that's not something to necessarily sneeze at." And I was like, "Oh, well." And then one of my friends, uh, Jason, who's out, uh, Jason Hallenbach, who's out in Virginia Beach. He's he's a crazy ultra mm-hmm. runner. He's really good. Uh, he was like, you got to try this website called Ultra Sign Up. And so I went on there and they had all these amazing like ultra races. Found one near me. It was a 13 uh, hour run mm-hmm. out in Williamsburg. And it was 13 hours because it was on Halloween night that year. And you gain because the clocks roll back an hour that mm. night, you gain an hour yeah. of running time. Oh, Lord. And so <laughs> it's uh, my nightmare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so I ended up doing that race and um and I did almost, it was like 67 miles mm-hmm. in 13 hours and uh, finished second place in that race. And I, I was like, man, that, that, that felt pretty good. And, um, and that's when people were like, hey, you need to mm-hmm. really think about this. And uh, so I signed up for the very next year, the Virginia Run for Cancer 24-hour and uh, didn't know uh, how to really train. I don't think anybody really knows how to train for mm-hmm. an ultra race. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but I, I did uh, – my goal was do 100 miles in, in the 24 hours, and I ended up doing 101.25 miles in the 24 hours mm-hmm. and finished second at that race. And I was like, all right, this is, this yeah. is what Maybe I'm, I'm good at this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy because, like, what's your height weight? I am six foot one ninety right now. Yeah. 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 So like for people that maybe don't know running, like <laughs> he's a big dude for running these these paces, man. Like it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there's a few folks that are out there now that do these things. One of the first people that comes to mind, and I actually ran with him in Texas when we did a hundred miler earlier this year, is a gentleman named Nick Bear. Mm-hmm. The yeah, I know supplements yeah, guy. Yeah. 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 yeah so, I, I don't know that. Yeah, is. Man, so, in my head, I was always saying it bar when I would see his name. Did I you? Don't, I, th- it, I don't know if it's, it might be Bar. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I think it's yeah, Bear. It's Bear. Okay. Yeah. 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 But uh, and he, he's was he uh, like a veteran military? Yeah. Okay. yeah he was an Army Ranger and yeah. all that fun stuff. And uh, but he um, he yeah, he came out. He actually uh, I got through eighty miles and I was in front of him and then he passed me the last twenty. But mm. but it was it was good to see another big guy out on the yeah. course. Yeah. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of those folks and you get a lot of comments mm-hmm. you know obviously out on the on the race course from people like hey what. From all, hey, from all us little guys. Yeah, <laughs> all us little dudes that are, <laughs> what are clearly built for running, but don't. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you doing out here? Like, uh, and um, and so like that's kind of how like you know I started gaining kind of the moniker of like, hey, like this guy's a pretty muscular ultra runner, and yeah. so that's uh, that's kind of how that all kind of took off. And 
I've just been doing it ever since, but I think it's led me to being more um, mentally fit and mentally, mm-hmm. um, I guess, stronger Yeah, doing those kind of races because I don't run those races with any headphones in. No, yeah. no, there's no podcast to listen to, no music. Just you? Do you tra- do you train with uh, music yeah, and headphones? I train with music and so headphones. About how many hours a week do you, do you kind of have to put in? Uh, I don't necessarily measure it by hour. Mm-hmm. I measure it more normally in miles. So at, when I'm like really training for a specific race, um, normally I'll peak at about 100 to 110 miles in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I normally keep it between 70 to 85 yeah. miles per week. Uh, just to, And that, that's just what feels right for me as mm-hmm. a person. You'll see other people that do 50 miles a week, and they can yeah. do it. And then just to maintain see, a little yeah. bit. And then you'll see other people that do 150 miles a week, and it's just it, – it t- depends on the person. It yeah. depends on what how their body reacts to everything. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's like you were mentioning earlier, like the mind and body are amazing things. Once, mm-hmm. once you see what you can do with them and how – you know, oh, let me change, especially when you get to a point where you can, let me just change this little thing about my diet and you immediately see, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's when you're getting to a point where you know you're fine tuning and that's that's an awesome place to be at. And it's yep. kind of a fun place to be too. Yeah. Just to see like, hey, what happens when I do this, yeah. you know? And then you're not so much like when earlier in somebody's maybe fitness journey, you're worried about making changes and like, is this going to work? But when you get to a higher level, it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. no, because you just tinker with one thing, and all of a sudden, like, you can see, you know, not only a difference in your body, but a difference in your performance. Mm-hmm. So it's really neat to get to that point. And you know, there's been a couple times I got to that point uh, this this past year, and um, and it's just been awesome. But yeah, and, and then the other part is just allowing me to be the my the physical fitness I have now allows me to be more active with my daughter. Yeah, and I think that's been something that I can't put a value on. Um, I, back in September of last year, I got an opportunity to go up and climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I climbed Kili and then came down. Uh, and then when I came down, um, me and my daughter had had conversations before, like, you know, this is what it's going to be like. You know, my daughter was immediately like, are you going to be able to touch the clouds? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, actually. And so I sent her a picture uh, when I came down of me, like, literally at the campsite in the cloud. You can see the clouds below me mm-hmm. That's in the background. Sick. And, uh, and you're so, a su- superhero, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I remember coming down from that and then my, my daughter had show and tell like a month or two after that, I remember. And, uh, she took my hundred mile plaque that I did from my 24 hour race. And then she took a picture of me, uh, on top of Kelly and, and she showed her class and like, I was like, man, that's pretty damn yeah. neat, man. That's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool, dude. Yeah, I, I shed a tear when I would have cried if that yeah, happened. Yeah, There's no yeah. doubt. Yeah, I shed it, a tear with that one. Isn't it cool too? It, it's not like, oh, my dad runs these miles or does these times, or it's like he got above the clouds. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It gives you good perspective of, um, you know, what like what really it, matters. Yeah, what yeah. matters and the joy that that it brings and the people that love you. You know, yeah. what what um, you know what counts. Yeah, and and so the the fun thing though was immediately after that. And this is where being like, and, and being a parent and being a father specifically, when you see the impact you have on your child's, like not only they're looking at you in a way, but when they say, when she turned around and said, I want to climb a mountain. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was like, oh, that okay. So we ended up planning out, like I think it was earlier this spring, I can't remember the exact month, but we ended up planning out going up to uh, Old Rag Old Mountain. Rag, yep. yeah. So we, uh, we, and she was, she's seven. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this, the scramble, I don't know. 
and um, and of course we get on the we get on the, the start the hike, and within a mile we come upon this per this man that had literally snapped like his leg was oh. he was under the aluminum blanket stuff. They were calling in a medevac helicopter. <laughs> Jesus. It was like. Uh, the guy, the ranger that was calling in the medevac looked at me and looked at my daughter and was like, get, go around. So we like walked, we took the long way around. And oh then as we're walking, you could tell they're setting the, the gentleman's leg because he starts screaming. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, what's that? And I'm like, uh. yeah. <laughs> I'm like I just scarred my yeah. daughter for life. <laughs> Her first hike. Yeah, yeah. Her okay. first hike. Um, that's a cardinal, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not that's not a bear eating a man. Yeah. No. Um, so yeah, so we ended up uh, we get to, we got to the rock scramble, and there was only one part where I really had to help her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then she we got to the top, and that was like seeing the pride in her face of like. I accomplished this. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy hike. No, really, no, especially no, for yeah. a seven year old. Yeah. It took us six hours round trip for the two, for the 10 miles that it takes to go up and down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when you go on the website, it's like prepare for 10 hours. It's like, wow. Okay. We did that pretty quick. And that's with snack breaks and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, and seven year old strides. Seven year old <laughs> strides. Yeah. And, and she was super happy because, uh, she, she got to do, I, I have the hiking sticks. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, there were collapsible and adjustable and all stuff. And so she did the hiking sticks the whole time. So she so thought she cool, was man. official. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of fun doing that. And then now we're planning, uh, we've been talking about it. She, she immediately says, is this the highest point? she's ready to go up man yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah. i'm like no there's a bigger mountain called mount rogers in virginia and so she's like i want to do that one yeah you better start getting her a passport now yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) she's gonna keep asking for the higher mountain yeah yeah. so we're actually starting to plan and we've talked about it uh kind of an east coast swing Mm -hmm. of the highest points in uh kind of north carolina georgia you know the, the local areas um, I'm, I'm, I'll save some of the other ones for mm-hmm. when she's a little bit older, obviously, yeah. but I think there's some achievable stuff for her to yeah. just click off the, the yeah. list at an early age. It's when, so cool. When you were in the military, did, I know, were you always, so you're from here and you mentioned how you got stationed in Fort Eustis. So it's like, oh, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you, did you ever go to other parts of the country or ever stationed at any time at other places? Um, yeah, I got lucky enough to get stationed. Actually, I was in the army and got stationed at an air force base. <laughs> 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 so, uh. No, it was uh, after. So I did uh, seven years in the military. Three of those years were in Iraq, and it was kind of back to back to back. I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I graduated college in May of '04 and got my commission. The next week, I was in Fort Eustis for my officer basic course, which is a six month iteration where they're basically training you how to be mm-hmm. a leader and what what the military's like. And then uh, I graduated that in October, and in November, I was on a plane to Iraq. Damn. So it was bam, 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 bam yeah. kind of thing for me right after, right after college. And, um, and that first deployment, I got stationed up at, uh, Q West or, um, it was first station was Diamondback Mosul. And, uh, so at that time in 0405, it was the, called the tip of the triangle of death. Oh, so God. that was a fun, fun. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun thing. Um, and then, uh, did that deployment, uh, came back for eight months, did another deployment to Iraq for another year, uh, and that one we did the gun truck convoy escort mission. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we would meet the I, it was, I was officially stationed in, in Arif John in Kuwait, but we would meet the uh, logistics convoys with the supplies mm-hmm. at the border of Iraq and uh, Kuwait, and then we'd escort them wherever they needed to go in Iraq. So I've you know I got I rode you know 
too many miles on. I, I've seen the entire country of Iraq. I, you know, we took them to Fallujah. All the bad names you heard in the news. Mm-hmm. You That's know, where you've been. We, we've been yeah. there. Um, you know, and, and experienced a lot of that. That deployment specifically, I, I experienced a little bit my first deployment uh, with, with some crazy stuff, specifically on Christmas time frame of '04. A uh, suicide bomber walked into a dining facility in, in, near me and uh, blew himself up and killed 22 people at the time. And that was the deadliest day in Iraq at that point. And uh, seeing the aftermath of all that and kind of being involved in all that kind of definitely left uh, scars yeah. um, mentally. And then uh, second deployment, like I said, eight months after, I'm on the roads riding, riding, riding around Fallujah and Ramadi and all, you know, all those kind of places you see in the movies. And, um, and you're experiencing IEDs and getting shot at and those kind of things. And then, uh, fortunately, we, we didn't lose anybody um, in my unit. And then we uh, came back for another year uh, after that year and then got deployed again to Iraq. Um, this time it was kind of middle of the bag- Baghdad area. And uh, at that point, I had made company command. So I was in charge. I was kind of the, the in charge of 200-plus people kind of stuff. So it was more of a... I hate to call it a desk job, but it was more of a yeah. desk job yeah. than, than being out on the roads. So um, after that, I got uh, – and I was still stationed at Fort Eustis this whole time because it was just no time to mm-hmm. PCS because I just kept getting put in units yeah. that were deploying. Yeah. Um, so finally got to uh, take a little bit of a break, and my break job was going to be an aide to a two-star general, <laughs> which uh, is, is not necessarily a break job. Yeah. It doesn't um, sound like it. I always joke that uh, if you ever watch the movie The Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. where it's uh, like, I'm the Anne Hathaway character, where you're like <laughs> Just running, running, running yeah. around, you know, making sure everything's taken care of, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so I did that job, but I, I fortunately they stationed me for that originally at Scott Air Force Base in Illinois, so close to St. Louis. Yeah. Um, so it was nice it, being near a big city for the first time in my life. Really uh, was fun, and, and being able to just go to you know Rams games at the time, mm-hmm. Cardinals games, Blues games, those kind of different things. It was it was a guy. It was a nice experience. Uh, we were never really there to do any of it because he was a his command tr- was worldwide, mm-hmm. so we were on always on a plane. Traveling, yeah, and it was ni- that was nice because that was the time where. Uh, he flew kind of military private, um, yep. so I never had to go through any security. Oh, yeah. Drive the car up on the airfield, and yeah. we're and out. That's sick. But then you have a taste of it. And yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> now remember, you got to go wait in line yeah. in TSA. I remember yeah. the first time I had to get back in the TSA line. I was like, what is It was like Orlando, too. I was like, what is this? So, <laughs> it's the worst, man. So, yeah. So, But he ended up getting uh, changed over. Um, he changed duty stations to – he left – Scott Air Force Base and came and commanded at Fort Lee in Virginia near Richmond. And he asked me to come along and I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then that's kind of when I made the decision to get out of the military. I, it was just deployment after deployment. Uh, then that job where I was traveling the world, you know, my whole 30, my whole twenties mm-hmm. was a blur. Yeah. Um, and so I was literally like 30 years old when I finally decided to make that decision. And that's when I had the identity crisis where it was like, yeah. what, what am I? Who yeah. am I? Um, you know, besides a soldier, besides deploying all the time, but you know, like I can't just identify my myself as a veteran the rest of my life and, you know, live that life. Yeah, you got to do know, something. Got to do something. Um, so yeah, I was very fortunate that because I had had that aid job that he, you know, he had specific like he had hookups, yep. and so mm-hmm. he was able to get me my first job uh, with a retired three-star general that owned a company, and so. I was able to slide in kind of immediately where a lot of veterans don't have that yeah. uh, luxury. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they just get you're out and good luck basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I was very fortunate that I had the experience. I had the I had the the 
the Rolodex of the people that they wanted. So I did business development for a defense contractor. So I knew all the other general mm-hmm. officers from working with my general officer. So I had that Rolodex yeah. where I was like, hey, you know, I'm able to call this guy Bob now. Yeah. And it's like, I, you know, it's it's it was very interesting from that perspective. But that was pr- the primary reason I, I'd say I got hired. It wasn't any special skill. It was mm-hmm. I brought, yeah. you know, I, yeah. brought, I brought a you Rolodex. You brought contacts, man. Yeah, yeah, I brought contacts. That might be the most ultimate skill, right? Yeah. Really, a lot of yeah. times. So what, what kind of fires you up now? Like, what are you motivated? F- what motivates you? Yeah, I, I think the big thing for me is um, I, it's it's challenging myself something like, like you know, let's let's see what we can. Let's, let's see what mm-hmm. we're truly capable of. And then on top of that, how do I do something like, you know, something crazy mm-hmm. while mixing it in and, and using it as a platform for things I really, truly care about? And that's yep. that's the mental health stuff. Like I said, like the biggest thing for me was when I had that really rock bottom moment, it was the ability to reach out and then really start talking to people mm-hmm. and like opening up because and I feel, you know, I, we talk about men's mental health a lot. And I do specifically. And uh, the stigmas around um, being vulnerable, being yeah. vulnerable and, and talking about emotions and, and being empathetic and all the different things that a lot of people, you know, you know, a lot of people I believe, yeah. you know, think are, you know, oh. well, it's a generational thing too of yeah. men, right? You can't show weakness. You can't. So, and, but you could have a business and, and a family and you feel like I have to be this rock and, but there's still struggles, right? Yeah. So it, it's either just going to build up and um, it's okay to talk to someone about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's my, so that's my big thing is like break the stigma. We gotta, we gotta have more men come out and say, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I, there are things that are not going right in my mm-hmm. life, and I can't just continue to internalize it. And then what that ends up creating is uh, you're building a wall between mm-hmm. you and the rest of the world because it's not just going to be your romantic relationships. It's going to be your family relationships, your friendships. Yeah. All those things are going to be impacted by it. And then eventually you're going to feel isolated, alone. And then it's just a rolling you know, rock down a mountain at yeah. that point. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, I'd like to use some of these things I want to do to uh, raise awareness and raise funds for organizations that try to help with that. Back in March, I did a uh, 36-hour race, Dogwood Ultra uh, Marathon in Virginia, where we did a three-mile, it was like a little over three-mile loop, uh, over and over and over again for 36 <laughs> hours. And I wore, uh, I, I wore, I decided. Is this, is this like a team thing? You're tagging off or no, you're, you're no, just you're going? Doing, you're uh, just uh, going? The whole thing. Oh so, I'd so, be the guy on the group project. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two miles, but the whole team. You know. It was. Let me tell you, I I got very fortunate. Like I, there was uh, another guy that a couple guys that ran the race uh, that I knew, and uh, and they were very supportive of me. I didn't have yeah. a crew. Uh, I've never had a crew for any of these races. Mm-hmm. So you see some of the, the you know, luxuries of having a crew, like you yeah. Know, guys pit stop and somebody's changing their shoes and their socks yeah. for them, where I'm cramping up trying to change my own <laughs> shoes and socks, but. Uh, but yeah, so that race, I, I decided I was going to try to do the 36 hours wearing a 20 pound tactical vest, like a 511 mm-hmm. tactical uh, training vest, um, while also trying to get 100 miles in that 36 hours. And um, I, I did it, and I, it, we raised mon- money for the or an organization called Canines for Warriors, where they uh, train canines that are actually set up to be killed in kill shelters. They save them, rescue them, train them up, and then provide them to veterans in need for service dogs and things yeah. like that. So really great cause. And you had me at dogs. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? See? That, yeah. yeah I mean, easy. 
And this was right. The interesting thing about that, this was right around the time that Channing Tatum's dog movie was mm. coming out. Oh, yeah. okay. So it was perfect timing because I, yes. I was getting reached out to by, by like a lot of different other organizations like, hey, we'd love to promote. And, and then I ended up getting uh, found by a gentleman. He's been a great influence on my life and a, a great friend, I'll call him. Uh, but Jesse Itzler, he's the uh, owner, part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. And he's a huge endurance uh, kind of guy. He wrote the book uh, Living with a Seal. Mm-hmm. He had David Goggins live with him for a month. <laughs> and, uh, there you go. And yeah. you, you wanna, you, that book is awesome. Is awesome it? read. If, you, if you're looking for a book to read, that's one of my recommendations uh, is Living with a Seal by Jesse Itzler. And uh and he's changed, like he's changed my life in a lot of ways, just by you know, the way he, you know, he's a family man. He's challenging people all the time. He's so he's a great influence. I love him to death. But he donated to the cause. He you know put promoted it for me a little bit. So we were able to do a lot of good stuff there for that. So after that event, it was like, well, what else can I do? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I. Did I did 300 mile races in three months? It was like back to back to back, and then I tried a couple more in like the last two months, and my body started falling apart. So I was like, "All right, give it a little, give it a little bit of break." And uh, so now I'm building to November, where I'm going to run 48 hours on a treadmill consecutively, and we're going to raise uh, funds for two organizations. And I, I can't put them out just yet because we're mm-hmm. going to finalize everything. But one's going to be a veterans mental health uh, organization, and the other is going to be just a men's mental health organization. You got Movember going on at that time, yeah. mm-hmm. and That's you got a perfect Day, time, and you got Veterans Day weekend going on at that time. So uh, it just all lines up, and yeah. um, and so those kind of those, those kind of things motivate me now. It's 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 the it's a being able to reach back and yeah. help others mm-hmm. while also challenging myself to you know, go further. Yeah. yeah. So now yeah now the why is even stronger for doing these things, yeah. which is mm-hmm. yeah makes yeah. it yeah. yeah. I'll say easier for you to yeah. to really challenge yourself. Yeah. And, and it's very interesting. And I, you know, it's one of those things where in the military, um, you're always, you know, when you go to war, you're you, you're willing to lay down your life for the person to the left and right of you. But a lot of times, you're not looking at yourself in a lot of yep. those cases. So when you get out, you're still, you know, you're, you're still looking to the left and to the right to help others. But you, a lot of folks don't do that internal work mm-hmm. and really, how, how do I help myself? And so it's, it's we got to be a little bit selfish so we can help others. Yeah. And uh, it's it's the the airplane thing. Mm-hmm. And like I, I talk about, like, it's one of those things where the, when the oxygen mask comes down, gotta put you got to put on. yours on first before yep. you can turn around and help others. And I feel like that's where I was in my life, where I needed to find me, love myself, have, you know, have yeah. a be, get to that point before I could really turn around and start trying to help others. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at now. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of fitness, right? A lot of people think that, you know, the outcome having this, you know, certain maybe body image we have is, is what's going to make us feel better. But I I really think the true magic is what's the process of you're now taking action of doing something for yourself. And then you build that into your life of, Hey, I do this for myself. Right. And that is really the kind of the true magic of it. Right. Yeah. Um, to where, we can, you know, the cliche of like, you know, you got to be your best so you can be there for others and things yeah, like that. Yeah, but it's that. so true, man. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's something when we get, a, you know, new people at our gym, like a lot of times it's a parent that's like, man, I feel like I take care of everybody else, but like I've completely fallen apart. 
But they realize that and now are taking that step mm-hmm. to like, okay, I know I need yeah. to take care of myself. Yeah. Because if I don't take care of myself, I'm not going to be there for my kids in 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah. So interesting story behind that. So I, you know, I mentioned that me and my ex are separated and, and everything's, you know, we're, we're great. We're great co-parents. Mm-hmm. We, we, we get along very well now. Uh, but initially it was, it was kind of tough. I mean, just because I still wasn't in a good place, but over time I got to a place where I was, I'd say I was very happy. I I just got to that point where I was like, man, I've, I'm more self-aware. I'm, I'm doing a lot of internal work. I'm doing those things. And and she noticed, and it was nice to have somebody notice that, especially somebody that knows you, that knows you and is very close to you. But I remember her asking me the question specifically, like, why couldn't I make you, why couldn't I have Mm. made you this happy? And, uh, you know, at the time, I probably didn't have a good answer. But over time now, looking back at it, like the best answer I could have ever given her or anybody that would have asked that question is I, you nor anybody else could have made me happy in that moment. You, it, ever, you, you, you could have done everything in the world to try to make mm-hmm. me happy. But until I was happy with who I was and myself, it wasn't happening. No, it wasn't happening. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the thing is, is like you have to get to that point yourself before you can look for those things and you know in others and so um yeah i i think it's just a lot of growth and self-awareness at that point to to, to get through the, and get to that point yeah and it's tough when you mentioned like you when you were kind of at the bottom and you sought out a therapist mm-hmm. so like is that something that you st- still are that you stuck with or um like there's lessons from from that time uh you know w- was it awkward for you to yeah, be like, yeah, I'm this military football player guy, and, and, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I need help. I, I yeah. need this. Like, yeah. did you overcome that quick once you started opening up? I wouldn't say it was quick. I'd say like the first couple sessions were definitely probably guarded, mm-hmm. um, and, and like oh, I'm just gonna let this person in a little bit. And 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 their job, and they know it, is to get like they're they're, they're yeah. we're gonna find something, and we're gonna mm-hmm. really dig down in there. It's it's like the. Uh, I, I joke about it as like the office uh, episode where Toby's talking to Michael and he finally yes. starts opening it up. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, it was kind of like that where it was like, next thing I know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm oh, like flowing with this person where it's like, I'm just being very open and talking about everything. And I, and like, you stop yourself and you're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> did I just say all that? Did I just, did I just <laughs> tell this person all these intimate things about myself? And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I had a couple breakthrough, like kind of moments mm-hmm. I call them where, you know, I remember just being like very emotional about things. And, and then, um, and then, you know, I was at that point I was very, I was being open with somebody in private in a room mm-hmm. and, and, and it became a, all right, this is going to be tough, but I got to start talking to mm-hmm. people that really know me. And so like opening it up to family members and friends, and then, you know, just telling them what was going yeah. on, what happened, uh, why maybe things mm-hmm. I did, you know, in looking back would make sense to them now. Like, Oh, yeah. now that makes sense. Um, and then I, and then I finally, you know, as I started growing with social media, you know, social media is one of those things where everybody puts their, their best face forward. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, there's another, you know, that picture that they post takes five minutes to, to take. What's the other 23 hours, 55 minutes look like in a day for them? And, um, you know, people, you know, started calling me, you know, motivating because of the fitness stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, you know, all the stuff they could see like, yep. oh man, he's this, this time is great. Or yep. this many miles is great. Kind of like we talked about with the daughter and the clouds. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, the, the reality is that stuff, 
yeah. doesn't doesn't mean much, right? Yeah. So so it got to the point where finally I was like, look, you know, I, I made a post and I was just like, look, this is who I am. I'm I've been divorced twice. I've have dealt with alcoholism. I've dealt with depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. PTSD. I, I've had all these issues. Because you think what happens on social media is people see you, you're in great shape. Uh, you get these awesome times. He must be happy. He must, yes. if I achieve these things, if I can do these things, I'll be happy too. Right. Yeah. And, they, and yeah, they see that. And then the reality is like, no, you know, there's a whole, whole story behind it. And these things actually don't equate to probably what you're searching for. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's not the accomplishments that, mm-hmm. that like that have made me happy. It's not climbing Kilimanjaro. It's not right. running the hundred miles. It's the process that's yeah. gotten to those points that truly makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's the, you were kind of alluding to, to it earlier with fitness and everything else. It's, it's the, it's being able to change, to make everything instead of trying to do a diet or trying to accomplish one thing, it's making it a lifestyle. It's yeah. something you can, uh, you know, maintain the rest of your life. Yeah. And, 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 and the more you get into habitual things and things that are healthy for you, um, and your lifestyle and you move forward, that's when you start really making a difference. Consistency is everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're prioritizing it, right? And then, yeah. and you feel good about doing that. And, and I think that's where, yeah, hopefully most people end up because again, yeah, like you need to do these things for years and decades. So, you know, the, <laughs> the excitement will always kind of wear off or, you know, not be the same as, you know, the first time. Right. But once you prioritize it and then you also get that in investment back from, yeah, feeling better about your actions and it parlays into other things. For me, uh, you know, way, way less extreme, but like originally when I found fitness through like getting suspended from school and feeling awful and somewhat, you know, depressed, I guess looking back on it, I wouldn't have thought of it then. But yeah. um, but then I, I well, went to the gym, you set a goal, you accomplish it. And then you see, oh, how, uh, man, I, I had this plan in place. I, I could probably do this with other areas of my life, right? And then it, it seeps into your relationships, your career, your, uh, you know, finances. And it's just like a, a underlying linchpin to, to it all. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I really, I preach consistency, even with my daughter today. Like it's, it's we are very consistent in what we do on a week-to-week basis. And that shows for her just in being able to like have that level of, no, like she knows this is what we're going to be doing. This is what, you know, this is how we're going to live. And it, like, if you can get like, I think that's been helpful for me mm-hmm. as a parent as well. Uh, being able to apply the, the consistency and everything that I've had yeah. in fitness and everything to just parenthood, just mm-hmm. being able to like, okay, this, this is the way we're planning yeah. our weeks and this is what we're going to accomplish yeah. and those kind of things and yeah. setting those mini goals for her so that she can accomplish those. And then like, just like anything, it's the make your bed first thing in the morning mm-hmm. thing. If you can check that off the box first thing in the morning, you already got something done yep. and that, you know, that drives you to want to accomplish more, yeah. get more things off the to-do list. And so... We try to set those that routine up for her, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it shows in the way she's, you know, doing well in school, doing well in, you know, she's climbing com- mountains, climbing, climbing mountains. mountains. Yeah. yeah, she's she's right now. She I just dropped her off before I came over here. She's on the competitive yeah. dance team, so she's doing dance camp this week. Yep. And so all those kind of things, I you know, makes you like makes me turn yeah. around and say, man, I'm really proud of the person I became, so that I could turn around and help have a example yeah. And, for her, yeah, yeah and you're just a good example like the mountains like i'm sure you weren't like you know yelling at her and stressing to her like you got to climb mountains you just did it and she was yeah. like 
that's freaking awesome. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. I, and that's one thing that I'll say that was great about my parents is they never pressured us to do anything. It was one of those <laughs> things where it's like, look, all that we ask is that if you do commit to something, and this is what I'm preaching to my daughter now, if you do commit to something, you're all in. You yeah. follow through. There's, yep. no, there's no half-assedness about it. You're going to follow through. You're, you're committed to it. And I expect you to, you know, obey, you know, basically not obey that, but, but honor the commitment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's another big thing that, that I love about, you know, everything we're doing with my daughter at this point is just, you know, how, how some things that I've learned from my parents have kind of translated down as well. It's just. It's fun being a dad. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. moment you realize, like, damn, my parents are right oh, about man. a lot of stuff. What else so do they many, know? So many of those moments where it's like you say something, you're like, oh, that was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Like, then you want to call them up. And they, like, hey, I'm sorry I did that when I was 17. I, I feel like I've had so many moments like that where I was like, man, for one, they knew what was going on, even though you think they don't know. And yeah. then, two, I'm like, man, they real- I should have listened when I was 12 yeah. years old. Yeah. The fun thing about me growing up and my parents, and it's, l- it's a little bit different dynamic with me and my daughter, was my parents were kind of growing up with me. Like, Oh, I, yeah, they had you young. They had me young. So, mm. like, my, my dad just hit 60, and I'm about to turn 41 next week. Wow. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, I remember being 18 years old and, like, trying to sneak into places and be like, wait, guys. Yeah. My parents could be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and your daughter's how old now? She's seven. She'll be seven? eight next month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, she's uh, going into third grade. Uh, she tested out at the end of second grade at reading at the seventh grade level. Yeah. So uh, we're really excited about all that. And and like I said, she her accomplishments are great, but there's nothing that I could do to repay my daughter for what she's taught me, like over yeah. time. And 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 honestly, that night that you know I really considered you know, taking my own life. She, she's the one that saved me. Like there was nobody else I called. There was nobody else that came to mind. It was missing out on my daughter's wedding, walking her down the aisle, missing high school graduations, all those kind of different things. And and then her being, you know, raised without my influence and what Mm -hmm. kind of legacy I was going to leave to her. And, and, and that's another motivator for me to be honest is the, the, you know, over time, you know, I want to be able to leave her some with something that that is more than just money. Yeah. It's more than just, oh, daddy's inheritance or whatever. It's yeah. going to be our trust fund or something yeah. like that. It's going to I want her to remember moments and, and remember things that we did. And so uh, I talk about consistency. Every Friday night is daddy daughter date night. And we go to a little small place here called Hilton Tavern. And mm-hmm. she's yeah. she wants to go there all the time now because she's <laughs> famous in there. <laughs> all the waitresses and everybody knows her. Uh, and they know her order. She doesn't have to do anything. She's uh, that's that's gets, great, man. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's ultimately, uh, you know, it's what I think everybody wants. It's they want that. They want to be remembered for something and, yeah. and, and something more than just, oh, he was, you know, had money or mm-hmm. had the material things. It's, it's he, he left this behind and these memories behind with me. So yeah. that's really the goal now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure. That, uh, you know, that's that's going to be the case for her. So, I think so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. We'll see when she's a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, things then, get then a little wavy change. then. But yeah, yeah. No, I, it's funny. Then then the muscle starts to matter more, right? Yeah, yeah. Because then yeah. you're more physically oh, imposing yeah. to. <laughs> that's, that's the whole reason I work out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be able to like, because yeah, yeah, that that's rough. I get that all. Then the, time. the Hilton Tavern takes on a new meet. Now you got to stop her from going to the, to yeah, the yeah, Hilton yeah. Tavern. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. can, can you walk there? Do you live over that yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. I live in yeah. Hilton Village. Yeah, so. it's great. Cool, cool little. 
It yeah. is neat Stretch over right there. there. Yeah. They added an ice cream place recently. Yeah, right? well, they, trust me, I've got the punch <laughs> card. I got the punch <laughs> cards from it. Yeah, yeah, the ice cream sundae, the the s'mores ice cream sundae is our thing. Oh yeah. no, that's something else that um that you know I've talked about before too. Is a lot of people want to talk about diet, especially mm-hmm. being like a bigger ultra runner and how yeah. do you maintain mass while also running like 100 miles a week, all that kind of fun stuff. And um and and you know I I was on another podcast and he was like, so what's your diet? You do keto? You do what? What do you do? Macro? I, I eat what I want. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like if people to get overcomplicated with that stuff yeah. with like nutrition in some cases. Where for me, it's the basics. The mm-hmm. basics for me, like yeah. at the lowest level, lowest common denominator is I calories in, calories out. So mm-hmm. you know, if I'm burning three thousand calories, I'm I'd probably need yep. to take in three thousand calories just to maintain. And then, do you? Weigh yourself and monitor it based off your weight. So if you're losing yeah. weight, that's what yeah. I figure most athletes. And when you're in tune, you can do that. Yeah. And a lot of people avoid the scale. But I'm like, look, it's uh, a good tool. It, it can be a tool for tracking your calories without having to track your calories. Yeah, no, for me, it's definitely that. And then for me specifically, uh, especially running during the summertime, mm-hmm. it's it's water, water, like yeah. water loss because yeah. I'll sweat a ton. And like I, I can lose in a in a 15 mile run during like, you know, kind of those peak mm-hmm. weeks, I can lose six to seven pounds on a yeah. run. And it's like, all right, I know that's not food. That's yeah. I got to rehydrate mm-hmm. and do those things. So it's a, it's a definitely a tool. The mirror is a great tool. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. You can tell like uh, you, some, something's off. You try to target protein, I'm sure. Like make yeah. sure you're protein with yeah. your meals. Protein yeah. and, and carbs and then healthy fats for me is a big thing because uh, in ultra running um, specifically, what I found works for me, it doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it works for me as if um, I fat load, I had healthy fat load mm-hmm. instead of carb loading because uh, for me, the carbs burn faster yep. and then it, your body immediately goes to the fats and starts burning that. And yeah. Well, I, with the endurance stuff, yeah, yeah, if you're in aerobic zone, that's the preferred fuel source yeah. yep. is fat, right? So yeah. do, what do you like to use then more processed stuff so that you can get the calories in or do you do like whole like avocados and nuts or, yeah. the, or oils? Yeah, I do avocados, nuts and oils. Okay. Um, uh, that works better. The processed stuff I don't digest as well mm-hmm. and it, yeah. like, I've had issues. You ever use MCT oil, man? Yeah, yeah. So... That so, see that that stuff runs through me. It doesn't doesn't you do all right with I it? I do all right with okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I do pretty good with it. Um, <laughs> and and it, so it works for me. Yeah. Like, again, <laughs> again, but uh, but again, I, I, and this is something that you know people will reach out to me on Instagram and say, "Hey, what's your diet?" Like I, I like almost wanting to just mirror. What yeah, I do I, what you do. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, look, I can give you my diet, yeah. but are you? Are, what, what, yeah, what is it going to work yeah, for you? Are you six foot two, one hundred and ninety yeah, yeah. pounds? Yeah, yeah. Is it like, is it, is it <laughs> five, 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 one ten? Yeah, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's like this is. Like, do you run hundred miles a week? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what do you do? And, and people forget the context of like all of these variables matter, and it's not yeah. just like a one to one. Like, oh, yeah. this will work great for you. Yeah, and then, um, and then obviously immediately I get the steroids thing sometimes. Yeah, like, you got to be doing steroids, like guy. No, yeah. no. And, and the funny thing is now so many people are doing steroids. You can. There's a certain look, right? Yeah, like, you can generally um, tell. And and here's the thing: you're a, an endurance athlete, right? Yeah. Just just taking steroids to build more, like it wouldn't to build more muscle would be stupid. You, right? Yeah, and I'm not. I don't. I don't make enough money to be Lance Armstrong where I'm yeah. blood doping. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, you're not. I mean, if you you know, for him, I can make an argument. Every uh, you win a lot of money in any sport, right? Yeah. Okay, there's risk reward, right? But for you know, recreational fundraisers, um, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not. I'm not. Like, and that's something like I'm, yeah, like it's, it's a balance. Like I could lose maybe 30 pounds, 20 pounds, whatever it's going to be and get better at ultra running and maybe be more competitive for bigger events. 
or I could do what works for me and what I want out of my own life and balance the two. Do you, um, do you eat frequently or do you like to have bigger meals and eat less often? Or do you just yeah. kind of... Do you just feel it out? So I kind of feel it out, but I, I normally... The bigger meals is the the primary approach yeah. I take. I work a nine-to-five job, too. Yeah, so, so you can't have your little six-pack bag. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mentioned Chris Bumstead earlier. Like, yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm not, I can't be Chris Bumstead. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to just breakfast, lunch, and dinner yeah. and then snack between kind of yeah. things. Um, do you uh, do you drink alcohol? I do. Okay. Um, it's So it's not as much, obviously, as I used to. Like when I was at the peak of everything, yeah. it was it was I mean, I was drinking alcohol as, as a means to an end. It was mm-hmm. it was at night to try to self-medicate. Like I need this. basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a self-medication thing and things like that. And I, you know, God, I remember, you know, I went to the VA. They had to do an ultrasound on my liver. It uh, got to that point. Damn. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was that bad. And so. Um, so yeah, I definitely cut that down uh, yeah. quite so a bit. More probably just social drinking. Yeah. If you have a big race, you're obviously not drinking yeah. before that. No, yeah. no. Yeah. And then they got they you know they have several different non-alcoholic type beers out there mm-hmm. and things that are you know, fun. But I mean, I, uh, I I asked you if you drink alcohol and you're wearing a Yingling hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I just yeah, noticed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, Yingling, <laughs> good uh, Yingling sponsored by. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, they they've reached out to me on several occasions to do like collabs with them yeah. and stuff like that. So they're they're they've been a great company. So yeah. Yeah, obviously, you know, I don't cut it out completely. You ever go down to uh, Ironclad or anything down there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been there like once or twice. Uh, Tradition, actually, uh, right around the corner here, uh, me and my daughter have gone to several times specifically because everybody brings their dogs and she loves petting the dogs. And then she loves food truck food. And and then they always have live music, so guy games and all that. So the atmosphere is what she's after. So, uh, so yeah, we go there sometimes and just hang out and friends and everything. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still in my life. It's definitely not consuming my life like mm-hmm. it once did. Yeah, yeah. It's a it, and for a lot of people, that's a tricky a tricky slope. That's a slippery mm-hmm. slope. It's, yeah, it's how do you you know coming off of you know basically alcoholism and you know being an alcoholic to like how do I how do I how can I make this just you know yeah how can I taper this down to just one drink because mm-hmm. uh like and i struggled with that for a while too and and then again fitness and doing the ultra running kind of has really helped because it's given me that goal and that impotence to be like all right i gotta perform yeah so i can't do a six-pack night <laughs> yeah thing. yeah um so yeah it's i think that's helped a lot yeah. too because then i think the, a key with alcohol is you know it can't just be about the alcohol, right? Like, so you, you normally want to tie it to, hey, it's a social event and it's about being around other people, maybe relaxing or enjoy the taste, um, you know, and separating it from, you know, you know, getting drunk and, and trying to, yeah, use alcohol as therapy and things yeah. like that, right? So, um, no, yeah, but it's cool to see, you know, your balance, you know, with, yeah. with, and again, that's the thing, right? Someone could look at you now and, you know, online on the internet and, oh, like, all these things going in the balance, but there's there's a whole story behind there, right? And yeah. there's a and whole there's a lot of ups yeah. and downs to get yeah. to the balance. Yeah. Yeah. E- even with fitness too, I I see now you know the, the we deal mostly with like Gen Pop, right? Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of people who um, weren't athletes growing up, and they don't understand. Uh, stand, and then they don't want to start because they're like, well, yeah, I'm not going to be a you know 
world-class ultra runner what's the point of even starting right yeah and there's tons of reasons but it, you also have to understand people's past right you you were fortunate enough to grow up playing sports building yeah. this aerobic base building mental fortitude um you know there's decades of experience physically and mentally that go into where you're at now right and someone just started they should never feel discouraged uh it's just understanding that right yeah and and so one of the things that I, I mention to people all the time that are getting into a fitness journey is is you can't expect the whole world to change overnight. Like you're yeah, you're not no. gonna be be you know suit, you're not gonna get one lift in or one run in and all of a sudden you know look, yeah. look or feel the way you should. It takes time, and that's why a lot of people that will give, will immediately say, "I want to lose 50 pounds." All right, <laughs> but let's break that down into smaller mm -hmm. goals, like let's more achievable type yeah. things. And over time, you'll get the 50. I mean, it's not going to be yeah. like, you know, in a month. It right. might take you two years. Because the reality with that, too, is people don't really want to lose 50 pounds. They want to lose 50 pounds of fat, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's also like, hey, like uh, it's better to lose it slow and reframing like, you know, losing it slower is will get you where you truly want to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But then like but then also understanding, well, does that person uh, even cook any of their meals? Right. So part of the hangup could be, hey, you got to develop some of this lifestyle stuff. You may you have got to a grocery shop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, grocery shop and prepare meals and in portions and listening to your body. And um, that stuff takes time. You know, yeah. it's just not as simple as like, like you said, how people always ask you, like, what's your diet like? Well, yeah. yeah. What if what if you cook most of your meals and this person doesn't cook any? So even if they know your diet, they might not be able to execute it. Right. Yeah. Um, or what's your training program? Yeah. Well, yeah. they've never ran a day in their life, and they're trying to figure out what you do, and they're right. going to emulate it. It yeah. just doesn't make sense to do that. Yeah, like for for people that are first starting out, especially like you got to almost imagine yourself like like I joke about the movie Ghost. Like you're you're a hard piece of clay, mm -hmm. and to mold that, it's it takes time because you got to you know you got to get it heated up. You got to yeah. like get, you got to really start manipulating yourself in that in that piece of clay before you can actually get it to actually start to take shape. Same thing with your body. You yep. you got to take put that time in to really work it before it really takes shape and over time yeah you'll get to that point I mean, and maybe not all of us will get to that point where yeah. like for me like i can change this one little thing mm -hmm. and you're like boom like you can see this result yeah but trust me you'll you'll get to a point if you're really making it a lifestyle where you go back to something that's you know, process your old, you know, food, foods mm -hmm. that you used to eat. Yep. And you'll be like, man, my stomach did not like that yeah. kind yeah. of thing. And that, that's a great place when you get there because you start making decisions, not necessarily based off of taste and stuff as the number one priority. You start basing off of how you feel, yeah. right? Yeah. And creating these dopamine circuits for those reasons. And how is this going to like affect my training? Like for me, yeah. like neither of us really drink a lot. Like, but for me, if I drink the next day, like, I just feel like garbage. Yeah, no yeah. matter if I got, like, super hammered or, or whatever, I feel off, and that's enough for me to just not really want to do it. Yeah. Like, I just, that, you know, despite, like, you know, getting drunk and having fun with your friends is great, but it's almost not worth the next yeah, day of yeah, just yeah. me feeling not good. Yeah. So. And, yeah, normally my long runs are on Sunday. So, and like, I have my daughter Friday night. So it's it's one of those things where if I go out on Saturday, like, I'm, I'm not, yeah. like, I don't want to because I know I got to go turn around and run 20, mm -hmm. 20 to 30 miles yep. the next day. It's like. No, guys, I'm I'm good. Mm. I have done that once where I did, like I did a race after being out one night with some friends. How'd that go? And it I it was funny. I actually PR'd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> PR race. PR'd race. <laughs> so I was like, I reached out to my friends after. I was like, maybe we need to do this more. Yeah. But uh, it was it was actually the Nolan Trail 50. Oh wow. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. You, you yeah. don't happen to know a guy named Joe Roth, do you? 
No, I don't okay. think so. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a client in our gym, and he's he's really into all the ultras. You probably would re- you, you would probably recognize him. Yeah. Um, small. He's uh, bald. I, mean, I say small. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's what, like five eight, like my size. He's like yeah. five nine, five ten, one sixty. Huh. Yeah, um, but he's really into he, he and he does that race. I've yeah. probably seen yeah, I've yeah. probably seen him out there and about yeah. like I you know it's been like that community is a it, it's a interesting community yeah. to say oh, the yeah. least. Uh, and you know you talk about mental fortitude. Uh, one of the things that you see a lot is the, the, the folks that are really successful at ultra running and like the longer distances tend to be older on the, yeah. uh, you know, more like late 30s, mm-hmm. early 40s side. And, um, you know, you could you get some superhuman younger folks, obviously, yeah. but but a lot of the people that do it and a lot of people that excel at it are older. And uh, I remember Joe Rogan was having a podcast interview with a famous runner called Courtney DeWalter. And... Uh, he was telling her like you gotta have some you gotta have some kind of demon you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta have some the level of struggle there to excel, and I, you know I kind of agree with him in that case where it's like being younger and maybe not having have dealt with struggle and and, and yeah. adversity as much in your life when you get to a hundred mile race and you get to mile eighty and that you know that's gonna be the hardest thing you've probably ever done in your mm-hmm. life at that point you, know, you don't I don't I mean I'm, I can't speak for everybody. But for a lot of people, it is. Whereas when you get 30s and 40s, you've you've been through yeah. some things, yeah. most likely. Yep. And so that mental fortitude has been built over time. And you get to mile 80, and you're like, all right, 20 more miles, let's do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um. And I think that's that's probably you know that's one of my theories about what. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty sound though. Like it's yeah. that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. I mean, and 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 trust me, like especially running without headphones for 100 miles, running without headphones. Uh, and all this stuff for the 36 hours specifically. Yeah. I, that one was, I'd say the toughest race I've ever done just because I'm wearing a weight vest. It, it, that thing's just wearing you down over time. Um, it's the, the course was rather hilly. You got, we gained 13,000 feet of elevation over the course of the, the hundred miles and it's a three mile loop. So you're just doing it over and over. Oh. over. You get to see your yeah. truck. You get to see your truck. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. you know hour basically. Oh my god! You and decide you hate it and have to go buy a new. Yeah, one. you're like, God, I just hate seeing that stupid <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I got to a point at hour 32 um, where I actually started hallucinating. Like it was, in mm-hmm. some ultra runners have told stories like this, and like I never, I had never experienced it until that race. And I got to mile 32, and you start the trees start turning into things mm-hmm. the moss on the trail started turning into like cartoon characters mm-hmm. i was like seeing the simpsons the adams family <laughs> did it freak you out were you okay with it i i was okay with it until i swear to you i saw a uncooked like purdue <laughs> turkey <laughs> on the side of the trail like waving at me and i was like i gotta i gotta stop like mm-hmm. i was like i don't know what the hell this oh, is going through my mind. No. so at uh, like hour 33 i jumped in my truck real quick i set my phone for 15 minutes and I fell asleep almost immediately and I went through, I swear to you, I went through a whole rim cycle. I dreamt wow. like I, and it was crazy dreams. Like my life was being, did it different. feel like you were asleep for like 10 hours? Yes. <laughs> I had a weird feeling. It was crazy. I, when I woke up literally like, well, the, one of the dream, like the dream I was having, it was crazy. Have you ever seen those Japanese game show hosts? Like mm-hmm. they're they like, yes, frantic, frantic. Yeah. They were narrating my life. <laughs> like It was like, what is going on? And so it was a, just a wild experience, like went through the whole everything, alarm sounds. I wake up. Let's get back to Ready it. Ready to uh, go? Fe- feel good again. Let's go. Were the hallucinations like over then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have I mean, you ever had it happen since then? 
No, I, but I think uh, I'm prepared for it to happen on the 48 hours. Are you excited for it to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if I want to see more uncooked turkey, like, like I, Courtney Do you look at turkey different now? Yeah, I do yeah. now. Like, I'm like, like Thanksgiving is going to take on a whole new approach this year. But uh, but no, like uh, so Courtney DeWalter, she uh, she's really if again she's another one that if you if you're looking to follow somebody who's uh, really just mentally just mm-hmm. different, like just strong, like David Goggins is one of them. Yeah, he's yeah. probably the the yeah, most known David one. Goggins, but Courtney's so unassuming and so just polite, nicest smile doesn't get doesn't give you the David Goggins vibes at all. Mm-hmm. But I promise, yeah, because he's like a, a hardened yeah, dude. But I promise you, that woman is one of the hardest people on the planet. Like wow. her, the, her ability, and she talks about enjoying the pain cave, and just enjoying the moment of being mm-hmm. in that pain, suffer a little bit. Yeah. And uh, and she's she's been very fam- like popular in talking about some of the hallucinations she's had, and yeah. she she looks forward to them. Wow. And uh, it's kind of like what's the you know Aubrey Marcus with yeah. on it. Oh and yeah. What's the thing that they always go do? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, somebody told me like when you start getting it, when you get to that point physically, when you're starting to hallucinate and stuff, like your body's actually releasing DMT. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Now, 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 connection. I, yeah, now I sound like Joe Rogan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm expecting it to happen during the 48 hour. Um, being on a treadmill in the gym is probably going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to, I feel like it's got to be harder. Yeah. Of just like yeah. static, no scenery changing. Yeah. That's, that's, I think. One of the things for me when I was coming up with the idea was, uh, first of all, it's people have done it, mm-hmm. and, and there's a, there's world records and stuff like that. So I mean, it's it's not a popular thing to do. You don't see a lot of people like mm-hmm. you know, there's there are like there is a world championship like treadmill race that's 48 hours and stuff like that what what kind of treadmill are you gonna run on like uh so we're gonna do at one life the the treadmills the i forget what they're, i think they're nordic the nordic tracks okay but, but not s- like a woodway where no, you're the god, yeah. no. <laughs> god no yeah no we're gonna do the the belt one yeah, that, that yeah. you set, set, set the you know pace and everything yeah, yeah. yeah so we're gonna do that um yeah the the, <laughs> the the woodway and stuff like that that would have just been yeah I, we, I gave that two seconds of thought and was like nope um, so we're going to set a couple of treadmills up side by side, uh, mm-hmm. cause you, you know, you don't want one to fail. Yeah. Or, the belt mo- starts to wear or move yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so we're, we're going to set them up side by side and, and, um, and have one on, you know, standby just in case, you know, we wear out two treadmills mm-hmm. somehow, but, um, <laughs> but we're going to do that. Uh, and then we're just going to try, I'm trying to plan how we can, uh, share mm-hmm. data with yeah. people and, Things like that, like uh, you know, where you know, how can we get the watch data to show up on a, a TV screen? Yeah, so it's so, almost like a scoreboard. And yeah, yeah. So people can come in and yeah. be like, uh, you know, this is crazy. And then obviously we're gonna, I want to have some sponsors behind it all. Yeah. And um, so we're working yeah. all that right now, trying. You know, I got one person trying to set up a website. Nice. So yeah, it's um, it's it's gonna be interesting for sure. I'm. Are you gonna do it on a what what day of the week is it? Uh, we're because <laughs> we got to work on gym hours. Yeah. Um, because they close at I think at eight p.m. on Fridays mm-hmm. or something like that. So we're gonna do I think eight, sorry eight p.m. on Wednesday to uh, eight p.m. on Friday. I say a Sunday would be nice because then you can watch football the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we we got to work around the twenty yeah. the, their twenty four hour yeah. uh, hours thing. So yeah. Um. So I yeah they they've been very helpful in that. You know, one life's always been you know, had my back ever mm-hmm. since. You know, I started working with them after they learned my story and how I got introduced to one life and everything so yeah they've been awesome and um yeah i used to work there for about six years when it was gold's gym oh yeah yeah back, yeah, in, the back in the day yeah that was man that was a long time ago yeah yeah no but um but yeah so i'm i'm really looking forward to that and then um after that i i don't know i i we're we're given i'm you know i hate to put you know 
put myself too far ahead of where I'm, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm already thinking. But uh, but we're definitely giving some thought in the next year and what we can do. Adventure racing is starting to come mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to mind. Uh, I want to do some of those multi-day adventure yep. race type events. I have a friend that I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with. She did uh, the it's called the Jungle Race. Mm-hmm. It's a multi-day event in the Amazon jungle. And that I sounds got, wild. Yeah, yeah, I got a chance to go down to the Amazon 2018. I think it was. Um, I I volunteered with an organization called Wine to Water. And uh, it's basically an organization that's based out of Boone, North Carolina, that um, they, the, the guy who founded it is a bartender. And he was taking his you know, tips from the bar and turned around doing water projects in the Sudan and other places. And so um, I found that organization. I, 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 you know, we went out to the Amazon jungle. And you talk about a life-changing type experience. That was one of the things, one of them, mm-hmm. uh, one of the experiences that I had that really changed my life is going out to the Amazon, being without the cell phones mm-hmm. for, for 10 days, without electronics, living in a tribal community where, you know, it's it's everybody is working and living together to help each other. Um, and, and then, you know, just sleeping in a hammock every night next to the Am- a tributary off the Amazon River. But uh, but that that ability to really connect with myself and not have be be connect you know the wildness of the world around mm-hmm. you and everything, and then really just seeing the community and this is something I think is lacking and another thing that affects veterans specifically when they come home is the community all helps each other to grow and achieve and do yeah. the, and survive really, and so you know the neighbors are like they're all. Com- it's, everything's community yep. based and um, you come back to the states and you know you get to a point where I, I, I can go to a lot of people and be like hey when's you know when's the last time you talked to your neighbor yep and yeah it doesn't really exist I mean people are more connected with somebody on social media who lives in Germany yeah. than the person who lives next door yeah yep so it's 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 wild that way and so you get to a point in the military where Again, every everybody's—it's a family atmosphere. Yeah. It's everybody's—you go to war and you're willing to lay down your life for the person to the left and right, and 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 you're looking after each other. It's it's a tight knit community, and you're all taking care of each other. And then you come back to the states, and if you you know, for me, I, I'm fortunate. I live here in a military community, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of military resources. So people understand, and yep. people like you're more willing to talk about things. You go live. You live in you know. Bum, you know, yeah. middle of nowhere, Iowa, and you're the it's only. It's just not there. You're the yeah. only veteran. Good luck. Yep. And so, yeah, I think that's another part of the struggle. Uh, is 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 that is just how do the communities accept and and fold veterans back and in help and help and uh, and and there's organizations out there that do great jobs of of you know using veterans and apply because veteran like it's. It's all purpose-based in a lot of cases. You, when you're in the military, everything has a purpose. Yeah, we yep. get one job. Yeah, and, and, and then you come back home and you, you've lost your purpose in a lot of cases. How do we provide veterans with that sense of purpose again? Like, how do we get them involved in their communities again? Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, they, you know, whether it's you know, standing up a nonprofit or working yep. in a fire department or police department or things like giving them that sense of purpose and, uh, and, and, and moving them forward with their life is, is, is just a big piece yeah. for me. So, yeah. And the thing with that too, is the skills and experiences that veterans have to offer, yeah. you know, it's worth these communities, like getting them back into that place to where they can serve and have these, yes, yeah, skill sets that, um, 
a lot of, you know, that will help businesses and communities and, and you know, get that out, out of people because it's, it's in there and it's, and yeah. it's helpful. And, 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 the, and one thing I'll give the military credit for, and there's, I mean, obviously there's toxic leadership that's out there and, and everybody talks about that and some of the bad things that happen in the military. Uh, but one of the things I will give it credit for is it, it, it does do a great job of, of providing leaders. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I was very fortunate. Like I was in the military for seven years I was an officer, so I got a chance to lead, uh, be a leader, um, and and and, but it wasn't necessarily me. It was the people, the leaders that were under me mm-hmm. that made me successful. It was the, it, the individuals that led the smaller teams and things like that that I was in charge of. Because if they are not successful, then I'm not successful. Yep. So as a leader, it's providing them with the resources and you know removing any obstacles and doing the things you need to do there to make sure that they're successful. So. One thing we're severely lacking, I feel like, in our communities today, leadership. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and we're you know it. <laughs> I, I don't want to get political, but I feel like it's just it's it's everything everywhere. Yeah. Like kind of thing. It's it's we're lacking leadership, and mm-hmm. we we sh- we need strong leadership uh, to be successful, not in our local communities, and then that eventually will expand Spread. out. Yeah. To bigger bigger yeah. things. So yeah. So I, that that's that's one of the things. You're right. Mm-hmm. I you know I think that if we can just use the resources we have and veterans being back in their communities, uh, that'll be a strong resource to, to yeah. help us grow. Because they have that experience with leadership, you mm-hmm. know, and, yeah. and that is, uh, if you don't have it, it's it's hard to earn or learn, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, you do. You guys are in the fitness community and, and, and I, you know, I've been involved in a lot of fitness events. For me, it's very easy to pick out somebody and be like, he must have been in the, or she must have been in the military. Oh yeah, yeah. like easy. It, yeah, it's somebody like, walks into the gym yeah. like a, that that wants to join. I can usually, oh yeah, one hundred percent. I know they were in the military. Yeah, there's yeah. a look about them, mm-hmm. and then and then once you get into like that, especially like when you're doing like mm-hmm. you know, team type events and yep. things like that, you're almost like, where who'd you serve with? Kind yeah. Of thing. Mm-hmm. yeah, like who's taking yeah. charge right now? Yeah, and yeah, it's that yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my so. father-in-law, he was retired army, like pretty high up and yeah yeah he has a certain energy and aura uh, and vibe about him that's that's quite obvious yeah yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's just one of the you know the, i hate to typecast people mm-hmm. but like normally especially in this area yep. like it's, they're everywhere yeah but, yeah i mean know. i you know growing up here you know it's you pretty much assume everyone's here via the military right yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's rare when you meet someone who's like not military based but yeah. yeah yeah so i mean yeah like i think um looking to continue the journey here and, and see what's next. And, you know, I, I, I'm just in a really good place in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I have been able to grow, start growing a more kind of robust social media following, which has helped to expand the platform and, and giving me more of a soapbox to talk about these kind yeah. of things. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's like a very positive use of social media. Yeah. Yeah. I think again, it's, um, for me, like you can be an influencer, but what are you influencing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you, you know, what, yeah, are, what are you impacting? What are you impacting? What are, you know, you, you know, are, am I just showing, you know, pictures of my muscles? Yeah. You're showing uh, your abs uh, yeah. every day with no real, like, you know, yeah. no real <laughs> 
purpose. Substance behind Substance it. Substance behind yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uh, we, we joke about something, you know, if you if you got a nice nice booty, you know. You, yeah. You just post you, them a pic and you're like, oh, and Wednesday, the, and the, that's it. Yeah, the captions are always just like days of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know. Yeah, no, I always joke about like the the the, the, the person who takes the, the, the booty pic or the abs pic and then posts the inspirational quote under it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Nobody's, Nobody's reading the caption. <laughs> yeah. the caption. So yeah, uh, well, we appreciate your time coming on. Um, and if someone is interested in kind of yeah, you know, learning more about you or uh, you know, seeing what you're up to, is the best way kind of for them check you out on Instagram, reach out there. Yeah. And that's yeah. on, that's Jason Wood, and the Instagram handle is J Floyd Wood, which we'll also link to in the show notes. And yeah, U.S. Army combat veteran, also. The muscular ultra runner, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, you just man. ran with that. <laughs> yeah, I just ran with that. You one. might as well. Yeah. Branding is everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, And again, yeah, we we thanks for having. You know, I know I learned a lot, and it's always great to you know hear a story like yours. And and like I you agree. said, it's good even when we know y- you can see everything. Uh, you know that you're putting out there, but a- everyone has a story, right? And yeah. it's not all uh, rainbows and sunshine, no. right? So you know. I think it's great for people to hear that and see that every, everything's a journey, right? So wherever someone is right now, and also if you're struggling, right? If you're at a rock bottom, you know, re- reach out and find someone to talk to. And there is like a way up and out. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, re- like the, the first thing, the first step, like you said, reach out, talk yep. to somebody. Uh, don't, don't internalize it. Don't let it fester. Talk to someone you trust and, and, and someone you can confide in and, and, yep. and find the help. Yeah. So if you uh, have any questions or eventually you can also, you know, hit us up on, on the socials and, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have to do a round two because we probably could have gone another hour. Yeah, we could have doubled so. that time, <laughs> I yeah. think, yeah. But, yeah, I know a lot of times too. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how some of your races and fundraisers go yeah, and, yeah. and also, you know, help, help promote some of that stuff. So oh, I appreciate yeah. it, guys. I really help uh, enjoy the, the podcast and uh, you guys helping me out. Cool. Yeah. All right, Jason. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back next week. We'll see you next time. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.